but God looks at the heart. So man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. So we want to pray and trust God that our heart will be perfect towards him. Our heart will be right towards God so that we will be one of God's favorite children. And the Bible says that we are no, God is no respecter of persons, meaning that whatever God did for someone, God can do for us. It is not the case that God has chosen certain people to, to, to speak to mouth to mouth like Moses or to bless like David and to bless like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the patriarchs and all the people of faith. And then we are different. No. So far as we seek God, the Bible says seek for the Lord. We must seek for God with all our hearts. When we seek for him with all our hearts, we will find him. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about the fact that worship, in fact, the heart of worship, the heart that is right towards God can never go wrong. You and I can pray amiss, but we cannot praise and worship and thank God sincerely amiss. Hallelujah. So we talked about David and how he was selected to be king. That Samuel wanted to choose a king. God told Samuel, go to the house of Jesse to choose a king, the next king over Israel, because I have rejected Saul. So when Samuel went, he saw Eliab and saw uh, David's older brothers and said, no, these are, this is definitely each of them. He said, this is definitely the one God has anointed. This is definitely a king. And God will always tell him that, no, no, I have refused this one. I have not chosen this one. And then someone asks, is there not another person? Is, 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 are these your only sons, Jesse? And Jesse said, oh, I have one more son, but he's looking after a few sheep. Now this David was looking after a few sheep and a lion came, and, which was very dangerous. And David overcame the lion. A bear came, but they still sent him again to look after the sheep. So he was disregarded. So they did not expect him to be king. So someone said, I'm not going to sit down until he comes. When David came, God said, this is the guy, anoint him. Now, what will make David one of God's favorite children? Now, you see that David spent a lot of time in the wilderness. He spent a lot of time looking after the sheep, or he was a shepherd of Israel. The Bible actually calls David the shepherd of Israel, which we'll talk about later. He, he looked after the few sheep. David spent time in the wilderness, spending time with God, praying to God, reading the Bible, reading the law. That's why he said, thy law I've hidden in my heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So David spent time getting to know the Lord and he became God's favorite. Then we talked about that. If I look at uh, Luke 6.45, Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. Luke 6.45. and five. Are we there? Okay, so Luke 6, 40 and 5 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speak, speaketh. So the Bible is saying that a good person would only bring forth good fruit from his heart or her heart. An evil person can only produce evil fruits from their hearts. 
that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is in your heart will come out of your mouth. So if you want to know how close you are to God, check what you say. Check the things you say. Do you, uh, is, is your mouth full of praise to God? Or your, your, your mouth is full of, of, of complaints? Is your mouth only full of praise to God? Or Lord, my name is Jimmy. I can get all you can give me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. What is God hearing from you? What is in your heart towards God? Are you looking for the giver of the gifts or you are looking for the gift? There's a difference between looking for the gift or the blessing or the anointing or the favor or looking for the one who gives it. So God says that out of the abundance of the heart. So what is in your heart? Is it praise for God? Is it love for God? Is it adoration for God? Is, uh, is your heart yearning towards God? Is your heart yearning to please God? Is your heart seeking to do good? Even if you don't do good or you are not perfect in terms of doing what you need to do for God or whatever it is, even if you are, you are, you are not perfect in that way, are you yearning to serve God? Are you yearning to please God? What is in the heart? But realize what Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So it means that if you are indeed yearning to please God, if you are indeed yearning to serve God, if you are indeed yearning to be one of God's favorite children, it will come out of your mouth. Whether it's to someone, or speaking to yourself, or speaking to God. When you are speaking to God, you want, one of the common things you've been talking about is, God, I want to be close to you. I want to be very close. I want, I want to be close to you like David was. I want to be close to you. I want to be one of your favorite children. You, that would be more than give me, give me, give me. Even though give me, give me, give me is important. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus has said also, give us this day our daily bread. So give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I can get all you can give me. It's important. But that's only one part of the long prayer. Hallelujah. One part of the long prayer. So I believe that you and I want to be one of God's favorite children. Now, we also talked about Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. And the word diligence is vigilance. So above else, with all vigilance, like a guard, you and I must be guards protecting our hearts, making sure garbage doesn't enter in, because garbage in, garbage out. If garbage enters in, you produce garbage. If good comes in, you produce good. If a lot of good comes in, then good will be in your heart, and out of the abundance of your heart, good things will come out. Hallelujah. So the issues of life or our lives, our future, our issues will all come from what is in our hearts. Now, we all know that Jesus had 70 disciples and then Jesus, in fact, he sent 120, 70, but there were multitudes of people following Jesus. Then he spent time praying all night and then chose 12, 12 apostles to first be with him and then to send them forth. So out of all the 12, God selected three. So it means that no matter the group, there will always be someone closer to 
the Lord. Even at work or wherever you are, you'll always have someone or some people closer than others because the, the people pursue the, the one they want to pursue, like God. So you would see that Peter, James, and John were different from the other apostles. Totally different. Peter, James, John. Now, James and John, of course, they were very wild. I mean, James and John, one thing about James and John, uh, uh, of course, we, we, there are two James in the Bible. James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James, and then James, who was beheaded. No, sorry, who was uh, killed by the sword, by Herod. Now, J John and James, when Jesus was walking around, they asked him a question with their mother. John and James and the mother asked Jesus a question. Lord, can you grant us this request you're about to ask? Jesus said, go on, ask. Then they asked, when you go to your kingdom, can John and James, one sit on your left, one sit on your right, and then, so you could tell that they wanted to be close to God. They were hungry for more of God. That's the only reason why they wanted to be so close in heaven, that one will sit on the left hand of Jesus, one will sit on the right hand of Jesus. And then Jesus said, do you understand what you are asking? They said, yes. Are you ready to be baptized with the baptism of suffering, the baptism that I, I'm going to be baptized with? And they said, yes. Then Jesus said, you will indeed be baptized with the baptism I'm being baptized with. But for you to sit on my left or on my right, it's not up to me, but my father in heaven. Then these two were so zealous for God that they wanted to call fire from heaven. And Jesus said, what kind of spirit do you have? So you can clearly see that James was a, a, a person who was zealous for God. I'm talking about uh, some of the characteristics of the three people who were very close to Jesus out of the 12. Then you look at Peter. Peter was the action man. Where is Jesus? I want to be there. Jesus, where are you? Once you are there, I want to be there. Now you see that Peter, anytime there was something, he was the one who took the risk to show his faith. For example, if it is you, Lord, there, there's someone walking on the water, he thinks a ghost. Jesus said, do not fear, it is I. Out of all the apostles, Peter was the one who said, Lord, if it is you, then tell me to come. They decided to walk on water and began to drown. But it was Peter. Peter was the spokesman, always speaking to Jesus. So you can get to see why he was one of the close people. Peter had so many things. Peter is the one who Jesus said, look, uh, 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 all men have forsaken me. Are you also going to forsake me? It was Peter who said, you have the words of eternal life. Peter is the one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter is the one who said, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. Peter. So you can see the kind of person Peter was. When John, when Mary of Magdala told uh, uh, the apostles that Jesus had risen from the dead, or they couldn't find the body, actually, they couldn't find the body, Peter and John rushed, rushed, but don't forget that John was a young boy, a teenager most likely, and Peter was older. So John ran faster than Peter. And, but when they got to the tomb, the opening of the tomb because the stone was rolled. Uh, John got to the front and stood uh, at the gate. He didn't enter. But Peter rushed in and entered. 
Now, what will make Peter dare and do, do, behave that way? Now, you can see why Peter, James, and John were very close. Now, John was someone who was tender, always wanted to be around Jesus, always wanted to sit close to Jesus. And he was so confident of it that he wrote of himself that I am the disciple that Jesus loves or his favorite. He was actually saying that he was the favorite. John was so close to Jesus that he was resting his head on Jesus' shoulders. And when Jesus said, uh, a bit, uh, Judas was about to betray Jesus, even Peter knew that, look, if I ask Jesus, the way he will respond, I might not, it might not be too, it might not, it might be, it might be a sharp rebuke. So John, why don't you ask him? Ask him, who is it who is going to betray you? It was John who was able to ask Jesus, and Jesus actually told him. Who knows, maybe you would not have told the others, but Jesus told John that the one who I dipped the thing, when I dipped the sap or whatever, the bread, and I give the person who takes it, the one I give it to, he's the one who betrayed. So you can clearly see Peter, James, John. Now, why do I say that? When Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane, he took all the apostles, but only Peter, James, John went further. He took the three of them separately. When Jesus went to Jairus' daughter's house to heal, Jairus, heal or raise Jairus' daughter from the dead, all the disciples were with him, but he only took Peter, James, and John. When Jesus was being transfigured at the Mount of Transfiguration, who did he go with? Peter, James, and John. So you can see how close these people were to Jesus Christ. And I pray that you and I also will be close to him. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to study one person who we know was uh, uh, someone who lived well, lived long, and God bragged about him. God made it open and clear. John was the one who said, I'm the one, the disciple whom Jesus loved. But there's one person who God bragged about and God said, I love him and I'm very close to him and I'll honor him. And that person is David the king. What made David the king so close to God? What made John? We've heard about Peter, James, and John. Even John, he lived, he, in fact, they tried to kill him. They tried to murder him by killing him and putting him, they tried to kill him by putting him in boiling oil, by putting that. So they banished him to the Isle of Patmos. That's when he, he wrote Revelation. Now, most likely, Revelation must have been written. Uh, very, some people feel it was written AD 90-ish, but most likely it was written before AD 70. Hallelujah. So it was written, and AD 70 means 70 minus 33 is what? 37. It was written 37 years, within 37 years, within 37 years of Christ's uh, death. So it could have been written five years, well, 20 years, 15 years after Christ's death. It was definitely one of the last uh, 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 books of the Bible, but it was written very, very close. So, so, so why was John dead and the rest died? That's something to think about, but the answer is really clear. He was the favorite. Hallelujah. Now, let's go through some of the things that made David so important 
to God. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 21 to 24. John chapter 4, verse 21 to 24. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. So they were worshiping God, but they didn't know who they were worshiping. But Jesus was trying to say that the Jewish people knew who they were worshiping. Because salvation, he said, we, the Jews, know who we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Continue. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers, true, pure, genuine worshippers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, not flesh, spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's look at 2 Samuel 6, 11 to 17, and then we would. And then one more verse, and then we will take off. Second Samuel 6, 11 to 17. Second Samuel 6, 11. And the ark of the Lord continued. So the story is that the, the Philistines had the ark, and the ark was taken, it was being brought back to Jerusalem. And uh, what happened was uh, during the threshing floor, we all know the story, Uzzah, the, the, the ark was about to fall. And God said, no one touches the ark except for the, the, the special group of Levites. Now, Uzzah wanted to help God and help the, 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 the ark to sustain it because it was falling. And God slew him. So this thing was so uh, displeasing to David the king. He, he just felt some way. It, he, he, he just felt sad and he didn't have a good feel. He, he was just not happy about what happened. Why, I mean, why did God have to kill the guy? So David put the ark in Obedidon's house to just keep it because he, did, he was just not happy about it. Let's, let's start from verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. Always important to read context. Verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. Okay, let's start so I can tell you the story. Go to verse 1. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Valley of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwells, dwelleth 
between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab. Abinadab. That was, a, uh, that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove, drove or drove the, the new cat. That's <laughs> five, four. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, or Gibeah, <laughs> accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio, or Ahio, <laughs> went before the ark. Very powerful names. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fair wood, even on harps and on satries and on tambrels and on cornets and on the cymbals. So you can see when the Bible says David played, it means David was praised God, dancing and displaying. Dancing, he didn't care. He was a glorious king, and usually kings uh, are walking with respect, dignity. But David danced. He, I mean, I think it's in Chronicles or maybe in somewhere when he danced before the Lord with all his minds and his outer garments fell off. So uh, his wife was even very offended because of how uh, you can say in quotes degraded he danced. That's why in church, when you see people dancing in a certain way, don't mock them, don't despise them because you don't know what they are doing for God. You don't know how God might be pleased with how they are dancing. Let's continue. You can continue. And David, verse six. So second Samuel six, six. You have it ready just in case there are problems. Second Samuel 6, 6. Hear ye children the instruction of a father. Uh, sorry. And when they came to, yes, second Samuel 6. And when they came to um, Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. I'm shocked you are still on four when we are on six. I'll read that again. And when they came to Nichon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. Verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. Because when God says, don't, especially holy things, leave it. And there he died by the ark of God. So he died in front of the ark or by the ark. Continue, verse 8. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uza to this day. At least the day the summer was being written. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him 
into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Ben or Bed Dedon, the Gittite. Are you getting it? Now go to verse 11. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidam, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obedidam and all his household. It shows that when God's presence is with you, God will bless you. The ark, which carries the presence of God, of course, God's presence everywhere, but carried the tangible, strong presence of God, was put in Obedidam's house. And God blessed Obedidam and all his household. I'm sure even the, if, if there were cats, dogs, they would all be blessed. Every horse, his household, whatever represented his household was blessed. Verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obedidon and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. Ah, David the king who loved God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Abedidon into the city of David with gladness. He's not going to allow the blessings to just remain there. We're going to verse 17. And it was so that when they that, they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatness. Now this is very important. Most likely King Saul, we go to 17, so just hold it there. Most likely King Saul would have stopped. Maybe after he, after he sacrificed the second time, he would have stopped. Because the people would be frustrated. Every six paces. Look at this in NLT. Every six paces, King David was sacrificed, would stop the procession and sacrifice. Think about it. Every six steps, one, two, three, four, Five, six, they will stop, stop them and sacrifice to God an ox and a fatted calf. So these were very expensive things. Every six steps. Continue. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might, all his might, wearing a priestly tunic. So David and all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with much shouting and blowing of trumpets. But as, for, but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping, hey, you, see, you need to understand how base he was, how, how common and how low he, he put himself when he was dancing, it's very important. It shows the depth of his love and appreciation to God. When she saw King David leaping, I mean leaping, <laughs> the king leaping, and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Verse 17, the ark of the Lord was placed inside the special tent that David had prepared for it. And David, so David, he was always sacrificing to God. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. Let's continue. I want to get to, uh, so this is verse 17. Okay, but later on, when David went, after blessing Israel, when David went home, his wife said, 
Micah said, oh, how glorious the king was. How he lowered himself. Okay, that's it here, verse 20. When David returned home to bless his family, Michal came out to meet him and said in disgust, how glorious the king of Israel looks today. He exposed himself to the seven girls. That's all she was interested in, the seven girls. She was not considering that he was serving God, but because he was most likely just playing around with that, you know, just having fun with everyone, and the seven girls saw him. He exposed himself to the seven girls like any indecent person might do. Verse 21. David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above my father, above your father and his family. So it's very important to see why David loved God so much. David was saying that I was a nobody. And God took me from the cheap sheep for took, took me from looking after a few sheep and chose me and blessed me above your, your father. I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family. He appointed me as the, the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. Now, so you have to understand why David was God's favorite. Not even one of, he was the favorite of God. The, 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 flag, the star of Israel is the star of David, not the star of Joseph. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this. But I will be held in honor by the girls of whom you have spoken. <laughs> Meaning that you take them. But the, the, the part I'm looking for is I, I, I will be even more foolish than this. But I will be held in honor for the blessing. David loved God. We can remove that verse now. David loved God so much. He loved God so much and he appreciated God. If you remember in Romans chapter 1 and 2, the Bible says that some of the people, God rejected them because of their sins and also because even though they knew God, they did, they did not retain God in their mind and they were not thankful. When you are a thankful person, you are close to God. God, 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 God likes it genuinely thankful, not that you have to just say thank you, Lord, because you feel that it is spiritually correct, but deep down your heart, you know that it was your, you feel it was, your, it was your strength that gave you the mind. You feel that it was your strength and your preparation that gave it to you. But if you genuinely are thanking God because you know, because you know that it is God who did it. Yes, without God, unbelievers are doing Oh, I can't say well. They are getting money. They are getting position. So when God blesses, it makes rich and even richer than these and added no sorrows. But the unbelievers, they sorrow. If you remember Jesus Christ, when the lepers uh, were, were cleansed, one came to give glory to God and to thank God. Jesus was concerned. He said, what? Is it only one? Ten lepers. Is it 10 or 12? 10 lepers, I always, get, I always mix it up. But 10 lepers, and only one came to give glory to God. How can it be just one? And even that one was a, 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 a stranger, not even from Israel. He came to give glory to God. So God is very, very happy when we thank him and we appreciate him. So you will see how David worshipped God and praised him because deep down in his heart, he appreciated God. He appreciated God for what God had done in his life. 
He knew that look, God has taken me from nothing and has made me something. God bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth all my sins, my iniquities, and healeth all my diseases. He was appreciative to God. He loved God. He, he developed a great love for God, so great that any opportunity he get, got to honor God, he did. Any, I mean, he, he was so devoted to God that it was there an opportunity to honor him or honor him. He was a worshiping person, not just a worshiping person in terms of uh, uh, talking, but a singing worshiper, a dancing worshiper. He was someone who praised and worshipped God in dance and in singing. No wonder he wrote most of the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are attributed to David. Many of them. You can imagine how close he was. Let's, let's look at a couple of them. Look at Psalm 8, verse 1. There are so many of them that are attributed to David. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, the majesty of your name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of the, all the marvelous things you have done. Let's get a few more. 13, verse 6. Psalm 13, verse 6. I will sing unto the Lord because he had dealt bountifully with me. Appreciation. Psalm 18, verse 1 to 3. I will love thee, O Lord. Think, look at that. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Look at it in, in uh, uh, ESV. Let's read it from ESV, at least for uh, so that we're not. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Now, wait, hold on just a minute. Let me show you something important. Go back to this one. Now, I want you to uh, ESV and then go to King James again and then go to NESV and then go to NLT. So we are going to just do a Bible study. Very important. King James says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Okay. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. And not, okay, and NESV is what? I love you, O Lord, my strength. ESV. I love you, O Lord, my strength. So some of the versions try to explain. Because when you say, I love you, O Lord, my strength, what does it mean? Does it mean, I love you, O Lord, with all my strength? Or I love you, O Lord, you are my strength? Are you getting me? But whatever the case may be, David loved the Lord with all his strength, and God was his strength. Continue, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, he, he meant it. 
my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. So this is the kind of mindset David had. And that's why he was top for God. Psalm 19 verse 1. And these were psalms. So David sang a lot. He played while singing. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showed his handiwork. Please uh, stay on ESV for these few ones. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Let me just get you. I don't know if I enjoyed this one. Psalm 29 verse 2. It would be good to take these psalms, write them down, go when you later on read them, ponder upon them and make them yours from your heart. That's why I'm reading them to you. Uh, uh, Psalm 29 verse 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Psalm 31 verse 23. Lord, love the Lord all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. One more. Psalm 34 verse 1. Uh, okay, then I'll give one more for that. There are so many of them. I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. His praise will once in a while be in my mouth. Some have rewritten that. I'll bless the Lord in church. His praise will surely be in my mouth during praise and worship. No. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will shall continually be in my mouth. This is the person who loved God so much. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 3. And then we'll just continue. Who, uh, 1 to 3, please. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth all my sins, who forgiveth all my iniquity and healeth or heals all your diseases. So, this is the true worship. Now, the Bible says that David clearly was the true worshiper of God. Now, God in the Bible, in John chapter 4, from verse 24, which we read earlier. You can go there as we conclude there. So uh, verse 21 to 24, 23 and 24. Jesus said, God is seeking for a certain type of people. Because God in heaven, please, John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. God in heaven is looking for people who can worship him in spirit and in truth. Because when you look, the angels in heaven, they can see God. They can see his glory. Who can withstand God's glory? All the angels and the hosts of heaven, when they worship him, they worship him truly because they see him right as he is. 
when they are worshiping Jesus Christ, when they are worshiping God, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, when they are worshiping God, they see his brightness, they see him, and they know he created them, and they worship him indeed. But think about you and I who have not seen, well, we, 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 you can say I've seen God's glory, but you've not seen the shiny, you, 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 you've not seen his glory in heaven. None of us have seen him with our eyes or his face. None of us have seen his brightness. None of us have seen, because we've seen visions. Some have seen visions of him. He's appeared to some people in 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 a way that his glory will not be seen so much. Otherwise, uh, they will not be able to see it. Can I take and see Jesus? He didn't say he was shining. People will see that because he, he's so bright that you you can you you you're not even able to see. You 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 will die if you, you can't see God. You can't look at His face and live. You die. But in spite of the dark earth we are in, in spite of our frailties, our human bodies, and our infirmities, the Bible says that. He, he knows our frailties. The Bible says that we do not have a high priest who cannot be tempted with the feelings of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted and yet without sin. So he knows us. So in spite of all these things, we are still able to love him and worship him. Someone we have not seen. Someone we, we, we've only read about and God has given us some faith for. And we, and we become so devoted to him. He would, he, he would appreciate it. He's looking for people who, in spite of the fact that they've not seen him, they worship him, they live their lives for him, and they surrender all to him. And that was David. I've not seen him. Jesus said, Thomas, you've seen the, you've seen the nail uh, 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 print. You've seen the hole. You've seen my, my legs. You've seen my side. You've seen that I've eaten bread. So I'm physical, physical. You've seen that you've given me bread and fish and I've eaten it. Spirits cannot eat bread, bread and, and fish. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, you, can, you can feel me. And because of that, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So Jesus said that God, the hour has come. When the true worshippers, God is seeking for the true worshippers who would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God is seeking for such. So if you and I decide to be true worshippers who will worship God in spirit and in truth, we would be very close to him. What does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? Because you see that the Father is seeking for such people. How how do you and I worship God in spirit and in truth? Can you go to verse 23? How? He's seeking for such. Now to worship God in spirit and in truth. Now in truth means, how can you worship God in truth? What is worship? Worship is not only singing to God, but placing great worth on God. Worship is, 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 is a life. I worship God by how I live 
and then I prove it by singing to him. I'll repeat that again. I worship God because I live a life of worship and I, 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 I how do I say it? I, I, I crown it with singing to him and showing him my devotion in song. But you can worship God, but not really live a life of worship, and that will not count. These people honor, worship and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. That's what Jesus said. He said that there are certain people who, who are taught to worship. They worship God, but they don't worship him in sincerity. They worship him with their mouth, but their hearts are somewhere else. But God is looking for people who will worship him in truth. Now, you worship God in truth in two ways. Number one, you have to live a life of worship that places great worth on God. Number two, how can you worship what you don't know? How can I place great worth on someone I have not read about? Or your pastor's God? No, no, no. You need to know God for yourself before you worship him. You and I can worship God in truth. Please not holding the Bible in front of a church and then going to cause problems. No, this, this is real. In truth, holding the Bible. You worship, I don't think you guys got that. You worship God by knowing him. By reading the Bible. I don't mean when you read the Bible, it means you worship him. When you read the Bible, you get to know him. And then when you get to know him and know how awesome he is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, how awesome he is, how loving he is, then you appreciate him more. And as you are worshiping him, you are worshiping him because of something you've discovered in the Bible. God is great, he's awesome, he's mighty, or how God delivered Israel, or how God uh, uh, redeemed us. Then you just say, wow, God, you are so good. I worship you. you I, 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 I honor you with my life. I place great worth on you as you know him. There are some who don't know God. They don't know how God is. They don't know what God likes. They don't know what God does in life. And then they, they say they are worshiping. You can't worship him if you don't know him. You worship God in truth because you have learned about him. You know who he is. And as you are, you, are, you are placing great worth on him, you are placing great worth on him because of what you have discovered in the Bible. And you honor him with your life and you place great worth on him by placing great worth on his word. And then when you sing to him, it is in truth, and he's absorbing it. You worship him in spirit, in the depth of your heart. You worship him from the depth of your heart. Not just in your mind, oh, we need to worship God. Okay, uh, uh, worship is very important. I need to be worshiping God. Okay, the Bible says God loves worship. Okay, let me worship him. Oh, I, I worship, and as you're worshiping, you're thinking about the thing you have to go and eat or the meeting you have to have of course those things you can't avoid them but when you are worshiping in spirit even if your mind is wandering 
your mind will go back to normal or your mind will come back to him because your spirit is focused on him. Who? Did you get that? Even if your mind is wandering, your mind will go back. But as for your spirit, there is focused. Because you and I are spirit, you have a soul, we live in a body, and the mind must succumb to the spirit. Many worship God with their minds. But you can be deep in worship when you know and understand why you are worshiping God. If we ask you, if someone asks you, why are you worshiping God? What is the answer? Is it, oh, because he's God? Or because he sent Jesus to die for me? Or because he gave me food? Maybe because he gave me provision? Because he's giving me a place to stay? Because I'm not one of the homeless people? What is the reason you worship him? You can have 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000 when you know him in truth through his word. And that's what David did. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. He loved God's word. He loved the law of God. He loved it. In those days, it was the Torah or the, the, the Moses books. He read them. The ones we have here. He read them. 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 And people know some be Job or some one or two other books, but at least he read them. He read them. And he worshiped God in spirit and in truth. If you and I want to be close to God, one thing we must learn how to do well is to touch God's heart by worshiping him, a life of worship. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, and then sacrifice. David is thirsty. Oh, I'm so thirsty. What I will do for a drink? I'm so thirsty. His men had it. They, so he was tested. They, 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 they went to the enemy camp. And they, they risked their lives. Got water. Gave it to David. And David said, wow, you guys risked your lives. You almost, you could have died just for this camp. Then he poured it as an offering to the Lord. That's the kind of person we are talking about. He if you want to know how to worship God, study how David did it. And God would say, I have found, whatever your name is, a man or a woman after my own heart who will fulfill all my will. And this person is one of my favorite children. And I am close to God. Or rather, I am close to him. May you and I worship God in singing, in our lives, and in everything we do. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your name. We worship you. We pray that you give us the hearts of worship, the heart of worship, not just singing. Not just a song, but a lifestyle of worship. 
of sacrifice, of honor, of pleasing you, and of singing worship and praise to you. We want to be close to you, O oh God. We want to be one of your favorite children. Give us the grace to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know where you spend eternity, if you know in your heart that you don't even know what it means to be born again or what it means to be saved. But you want Jesus Christ to save you. You want to be born again. You want your sins forgiven. You want to be washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want you to pray with me. I want, I want to pray with you. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. If you've prayed this prayer, you are born again. If, you, if this is your first time praying it with sincerity, you are born again. If you've rededicated your life to Christ, welcome back. God bless you, and I pray that God keeps you, God preserves you, and I pray that Jesus Christ will be formed and established in your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. It's now time for us to take our offering. If you have your offering or your tithe to give to the Lord, I think it's a good thing to do. Offering and tithe will always be a part of church because when you read the Bible, sometimes God uses offering and, and, and money to test people and to bless people. Look at David the king. One of the things he said, is that I will not give to the Lord something that will not cost me. David was, God told David that he will not allow David to build the temple for him, but because David wanted to build a temple for God. God said, you've shed too much blood, so you cannot build the temple for me, but I will let you sponsor it. I will let you finance the temple, building of the temple. Excuse me, but your son Solomon will build the temple. So David went to buy the, 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 the land for the, you know, for, the, for the temple. And 
uh, and he was going to get it for free. The, 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 the owner said, I'll give it to you for free. Then he said, no way. I have to pay for it. Then the guy said, okay, I'll give you a discount. A discount. David said, no. I want to buy it at a premium. I will not give to the Lord anything that will not cost me. I will not give to the Lord anything that will not cost me. So there are certain things when we are doing for God, we should do it at a premium. I'm talking about our money. I'm not talking about, of course, if you have God's money, you have to use it well. You have to try to get discounts and you have to try to uh, uh, um, uh, 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 get good deals. But I'm talking about you as an individual giving your money to God or doing something with your money for God. God enjoys you doing it at a premium or at a cost. So you can do something and bless the Lord. Today. Father God bless you. We bless you. Bless the time. Bless the offering. In Jesus' name. Amen. So just text to give or just scan the, the QR code and you will enter in writing. Hallelujah. Father God bless our offering. Bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Father God, we bless each and everyone watching. Those who are watching now, those in church, those who watch in the future, bless them, Lord. Honor them, prosper them. Give them more grace, more mercy, more abundance in every good thing. Remove completely negative things from our lives and give more favor, more blessings, more deliverance, more protection, everything good, good things, and good things we are portioned in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thanks for joining and shalom, shalom.